Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Forward Church. Listen, I'm so glad you tuned in to today's podcast. I hope it challenges you and inspires you to go after God and be all that God's called you to be. Enjoy today's message. If you brought your Bibles, let's go to Romans chapter 7, verse 14. Romans chapter 7, begin with verse 14. Here we go. All right, you got to stay with me now because this one's a little, this is like Willy Wonka, um, real tongue twister, conflicted, but this is Apostle Paul. Isn't that a nice way to introduce him? Conflicted? Okay, anyway. Conflicted. Here we go. Verse 14, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. Stop. Anybody ever had one of those moments? You like, you do something, you go like, what in the world was I thinking? Now, all you married people don't look at your spouse and be like, you look right here at me. Okay. What in the world am I doing? What did I just do? For what I want to do, I do not do. This sounds like my story. And, but what I hate, that I do. And if I do what I do, see, there's too many do's in here. If I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire, everybody say desire. I have the desire to do what is good, but, everybody say but. Yeah, that visits us throughout the week. But I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Anybody following this? Okay, I I had to reread it a couple times. Now, if I do... What I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. Verse 21, so I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched Man, I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? I want to speak to you tonight from the subject, and we're only going to go halfway tonight because it is a school night, and I want to make sure I honor time uh, for parents and all of those things. So we're going to dive in tonight. I want to speak to you for just a moment from the topic. The struggle is real. Anybody everybody just ever labeled your week that? The struggle is real. Now, I'm going to say this. Tonight's topic is going to require a level of honesty, okay? So that means you got to take that church mask off. That means you got to take off that, you know, that Facebook persona that everything's lovely in my life. My, my wife adores me. My kids think I hung the moon. And my coworkers think I'm just a servant and glorious. And my boss is ready to give me a raise. You got to take all that off. I want us to take the mask off tonight. I want us to be honest because I've always said, and I truly believe this, in order for the truth of God's word, To change us from the inside out, and I hope you're taking notes tonight because this must happen. We must be honest with who we are and where we are in our journey, in our pursuit 
of Jesus Christ and being more like Jesus. In order for the word, in order for every time we come in here, whether it's Sunday, Wednesday, Bible study, whatever, anytime we come around God's word, in order for it to permeate and change us from the inside out, we must first be honest with who we are and where we are in our journey. And the church said, amen. So say it again. Say the struggle is real. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, say the struggle is real. Look at your other neighbor. Tell him, say you have no idea. It's real. It's real. It's real. Have you ever had one of those days where uh, everything's great, everything's lovely, uh, the skies are blue, grass is green, you and your family go to walk through the neighborhood, you know, you're holding hands, all of your animals rush to the edge of the yard, the birds are singing. What Dexter and Cooper do, they think we're just awesome. I don't know what, what's wrong with y'all's dogs, but no, I'm just kidding. But you have one of those days where everything's lovely, everything's great, and then all of a sudden, bam, it just everything shifts. You ever had one of those days? I said shifts. I even had to recall what I said. Everything shifts in that moment, and everything that was lovely now, y'all stay with me. I see, I get, I get, I, I distract y'all. When I get distracted, I lead y'all astray, and I shouldn't do that. I should be more, they got medication for that. I just refuse to take it, so. So, see, I'm working on that. But, but what in the world happened? You have one of those moments where everything's going great, and then all of a sudden everything stops and shifts, and you're like, what in the world just happened? You ever had one of those, one of those moments where you, think, where you say, man, things just got real. You know, where you're just sitting in the car going, aye, aye, aye. you know, things just got real. What did I just do? It's so funny because just a moment ago I was saying that we've got to be honest with who we are and where we are. I'll never forget one time. Several years ago, back in uh, the church that I was on staff at in Georgia, I was in the office, and one of the youth leaders came in, and he said, Hey, B, you got a second? I was like, Sure, Jess, come on in. And he closes the door. I was like, Oh, it's one of those. <laughs> and Jesse's this, like, he's really cool. He's just an outgoing personality. Just, but when he gets in the ministry mode and, in, and wanting to please God, he, he gets real serious. And he came in with that look, and he closed the door and sat down. And he goes, he said, B, he said, do you ever, do you ever, do you ever um, feel like you have... Um, two versions of you. And I said, he said, you know, like a private you and then a public view. I mean, you. Yeah. Y'all know what I meant. Don't act crazy. And I said, well, I had to think about it for a second. I said, I don't really think there's two versions of me. I think there's seven versions of me. You know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Whatever day it is, that's the B you're going to get. Don't look at me like y'all all holy and spiritual and y'all just everything. Y'all wake up with the angels singing hallelujah. I'm talking about there's a me before coffee and there's a me after coffee. Now, see, I could have said there's an Amy before coffee, but see, I, I didn't say that. I said me before coffee. Okay. Nope. And so, so all of us, if you're truly honest there are different versions of who you are and I don't know about you but when I examine my life I see the struggle that's going on and you want to write this word down this is a huge word in my life and it's called consistency I believe that the success of any any anything a marriage um, a relationship uh, church Walmart organization school anything the success of it is, is, is founded on if it's consistent or inconsistent. If you have inconsistency, you're going to have issues. Somebody say, oh, me. So if we're completely honest, we all struggle. We, every one of us, remember what I said, we got to be honest tonight. Don't leave anybody out. You can look at your neighbor throughout and say, yep, I'm, that's me. I'm inconsistent. 
I need to be a little more consistent in some areas. I'll give you an example. January 1, what happens when, when a new year rolls around? We come up with these grandiose, grandiose ideas like this is my year. This is the year that I'm going to read the whole Bible. Y'all know y'all trying to be super spiritual. This is the year that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and I'm going to move forward and I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym and I, I'm going to lose 15 pounds. No, you're not. It's what, eight months in, you gain 15 pounds. I wasn't calling nobody out. I'm just saying. But it's true. Uh, Matt, y'all ever been to the gym on, a, on January 1? It's like it's more, there's more people in the gym the first week of January than there is at Club La Vila on Thomas Drive in Panama City. I'm just telling the truth. Somebody's like, you know where that's at? I do. I drive by it, but I don't go in. So anyway, there's more people in the gym on the first week of January than there is at Target in Gainesville on the week and the day of dorm move-in day. Anybody go to Gainesville last week on move-in dorm day? We pulled around the corner, and dear Lord, I thought, are they giving away money? It, it, did the power go out and people raiding Target? It was crazy. There was a line all the way down to the pharmacy, and we were already in there. You know, my time's valuable, so I don't know about y'all. What did we do? Do we turn around and walk away? Mm-mm. We went right on in and waited in line just like everybody else. But what happens around July at the gym? It's like nobody's home. Yeah, it's... Anybody going to use this machine? No. Why is that? Because we have an issue with consistency and, listen, fulfilling commitment. Everybody say fulfilling commitment. I really believe that if we, if we got a handle on consistency, we wouldn't have issues in our homes. If we got a handle on consistency in our marriages, it would probably solve half of our problems. Look at it this way. If I would pursue Amy today like I did 16 years ago, and she's going, dear Jesus, yes, please, come on, bring me a Burger King ham and cheese croissant to work just like you did on day one. That's that's how I got her, ham and cheese croissant. Every stinking day. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm really not. It's the truth. But if I would pursue her now like I did then, wow, (laughs) the marriage. If we would pursue Christ the way we did the day we got saved, wow, how far we would be along in our journey. If we actually pursue, yeah, yeah, if we actually pursue Jesus like we really believed, he, like we really believe, he has great plans for us. We're believing for greater things. We sing the song, and I wonder sometimes, I'm up here in the middle of worship, scratching my head inside my head going, I hear them singing to you that they believe in greater things, but are their actions throughout the week really declaring, I'm believing him for greater things? Now, somebody say, you're passing judgment. No, I'm not. As a leader, I'm expecting and I'm hoping and trusting that you're getting what God wants for your life. That's, if that's not happening, then I'm not doing my job. Now, I can't lead you there, but I can show you where the water is and say, lap it up. We have an issue fulfilling commitment and consistency. If we were really honest tonight, I believe that probably most of everybody in the room says, you know what, B, I love Jesus, I believe in Jesus, and I've surrendered my life to Jesus. I'm talking to probably everybody in the room. But you would say, I still struggle with common sin. Now, that's kind of weird to say in church, common sin, because I'm from a belief that there is no big sin or little sin. 
Now, I've watched church leadership trip and lose their mind over somebody who comes into the church with what we'll call taboo sin versus little sin. So I thought about that today, and I was like, okay, so talking about the law and the Ten Commandments, off the first one, it says what? Don't have any other gods before me, right? And that's my version, but that's what he says. Now, I recognize that I'm in the South, and in just a couple months, some of y'all are going to, like, disappear. Not just from the church, but from civilization. I'm talking to the hunters. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a hobby, but there is something strangely wrong and dangerously wrong when that hobby then supersedes your Savior, and now you've, you've elevated that thing or that marriage or that person or that whatever, that football team above God. Now, there's no big sins or little sins. So if you struggle with ideology or, or other things, don't get crazy if someone else comes into the house and their sin looks a little different than yours and it's maybe a little taboo, whatever. Okay. i just test and see how far y'all go with me. I'm going to come back to where y'all are. Say common sin. Whatever. So have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed that it's normally one or two things that you struggle with? You know, like you're getting an A-plus in this area, and then over here, you know, you're doing okay, but there's this one thing, one thing that just keeps coming around. It, it, moment of honesty, moment of truth. Don't leave me with my hands up, and yeah, I ain't trying to praise God. I'm trying to get y'all to say, yeah, I'm there with you too, B. There's this one little thing that just keeps coming around. You know why it keeps coming around? <laughs> That's your weak spot. Everybody say weak spot. The reason that I want to pause right here, and this is kind of where we're going to sit tonight because I really want to drive this home, and then if, you, if you'll please come back next week, it, when it all gets put together, you're going to be like, wow, you know how when you put a puzzle together, you put a few pieces in, and you're like, mm, that's whatever, and then you go to sleep, and then you come back, and you're like, well, it still looks for whatever, but I'm going to put a few more pieces together. But then by the, the time you get to the end, it's like a beautiful masterpiece. That's how God's doing your, with your life. That's how, he's doing, that's how he's doing with your journey. Someone's like, I wish he would just come and just put it all together so I'd just be beautiful. You are beautiful, but your journey looks a little sloppy, just like mine. See, Doc, no judgment. It's a judgment-free zone right here. This is a safe zone tonight. So I'm looking for honesty. People that say, yep, I struggle with one little, one little, yeah, yeah, one little thing. The reason I want to pause here is because for too many, too many years uh, uh, in ministry, I've watched gifted people. Called people, people with purpose, people who have promises from God, people with great potential who opt out of their walk and walk away from their faith journey because they find themselves struggling with the same old issue. That's why people come in the church and they walk out because we present a gospel that makes them feel, and you hear me say it all the time, like they never measure up. There is no common sin. So they opt out. They start believing the lie. What's the lie? When the devil says, you keep messing up, you're weak. Ever heard that voice? You're just weak. I'm just not cut out for this. God can't use me. Maybe I, maybe I wasn't even called. Would you believe I've, I've, I've listened to that voice? You don't, you don't get suckered into the voice if you just don't listen to it. Come on, church. When you start listening to it, when you give him a second, he's right there. You got to push him away and don't, like, as soon as, you know how your kids do sometimes? Like, if I'm in a text message mode, they'll tell you they hate it when I do this. If I'm in the middle of something and they come in the room like I'm not doing something and they're, and they're like, daddy, blah, 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 and I'm like, and so what I was saying, Cole, is I need you to sing, 
I'll just start talking out loud. Maybe you need to do that when the enemy comes and you start hearing that voice of you don't measure up. Maybe you weren't called. You're too weak. God will never use you. You screwed up. You've jacked, your life is jacked. You just need to go, la, 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 la. God says I'm more than a conqueror. I'm, I, I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. God's got me. I'm not worried about it. He's called me. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the pushback you need to give him. Y'all being way too quiet up in this little church tonight. Man, I've been waiting two weeks to preach. You know how it is when you cook a meal and you invite people over and that something comes up, they don't come over. You're like, what am I supposed to do with this food? So you put it in the refrigerator, you bring it back out, you try to heat it up. It ain't never good heated up. I'm trying to reheat this thing tonight. I'm trying to reheat this thing tonight. The reason some of y'all are like, I'm never coming back on a Wednesday. Where is his dad? The reason you struggle with the same issue is the enemy. Write this down. The reason it keeps coming back around because the enemy identifies with your weakness and he is very patient and he is what we struggle with. He's consistent. There's no inconsistency with him. None. That's why it keeps coming around. That's why my issues keep coming around because he recognizes my weakness. He watches us make a mistake, discovers the weakness, then like a boxer, he inflicts pain on the wounded area. He doesn't look for another place. Man, if my eyes have fallen out of my face and I'm in a boxing ring, he's not going to go, well, let me see if I can just dot the other one. No, he's going to keep on going so that one just completely falls out so we can call the, call the, call the, I almost said call the game. It's not a game. What's it called? The match. But that's what the enemy does. That's why he keeps coming around to that same area. Push him away. Everybody say push him away. So when you hear that voice, no, devil, go to hell. So he watches, he watches, and he targets the same area. He focuses on the wounded area. Why? Because he can't kill you in the fight. He may not kill you in the fight, but he's looking for a way to discredit you from the fight. Can I say that again? He might not, he might not be able to take you out of the fight and, and, and relieve you of, of power and what God's put inside of you, but he'll definitely try to slip you up and trip you up to disqualify you from your fight. The fact that we have the same struggle is not an indication that God has left you. Hello, church. I wish that everybody who has left a church, not necessarily this church, but church in general, anybody who's walked in, felt condemnation, and walked out and never darkened the door of another church, I wish they could hear this. Just because you're struggling doesn't, is not an indication that God is done with you or he's left you. It's an indication that you are a threat. Everybody say threat to the enemy. I love walking up into the devil's territory because I know what I carry. Somebody said, that's prideful. No, it's not me, baby. It's the anointing. I know that when I walk in the room, the devil's... Maybe we need to go. That's what they're saying. Because I'm not going anywhere. And some of us need to have that same, that same bulldog tenacity that this is my house. This is my territory. You don't belong here, devil. This is my home, this is my family, this is my marriage, this is my kids, and that over there is my destiny. I'm not where I'm supposed to be, but bless God, I'm not where I was yesterday. Somebody said, but yeah, yesterday and today, man, that was just a, just a short distance. But, what, but, but, but before too long, what happens is if you'll get consistent one day and the next day and the next day, before you get six months down the road, you look and go, man, I am nowhere near where I used to be. My family is nowhere near where I used to be. You know how I evaluate how good we're doing as a ministry? Is if we don't look anything like this year, 
excuse me, next year what we did this year. That's how I evaluate. And when I start seeing things look a lot like they did, it's time to shape some stuff up and figure out what the crap's going on and, 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 and say, God, if it's me, move me out of the way. Maybe we need to say that in our relationships and in our home. Instead of getting angry and, 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 and tossing words and fists flying and birds flying and all, you know, all that stuff, maybe we should get consistent in the word and say, God, tame my tongue. Help my anger. Give me some anger management. They, can't nobody, can't no doctor do you like Jesus can. If you got issues with anger, ask God to help you. That's why nobody sits on the front row anymore. <laughs> I, heard, I heard an old preacher say one time, if you're not constantly running into the devil, chance, excuse me, if you're not constantly running into the devil, chances are pretty good you're running with him. I feel good when I, when I got some adversity coming at me. That means I know that I'm, I'm doing something right, but if everything's, everything's lovely and everything's wonderful, if everything's wonderful, I, 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 if I look over, he might be right there and I'm just walking with him. So stop looking for the easy road. Get consistent. Everybody say, look at your neighbor, tell him, say, get consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of the reasons that Christians walk away, we're talking about struggle tonight. A lot of the reason Christians walk away because they have lost confidence and their biggest fear is coming true that someone might think they're a hypocrite. Can I give you an encourage, encouraging word tonight? Everybody's a hypocrite. The pastor, the worship leader, the team, everybody greeting at the front, the ushers taking up, we all hypocrites everybody now that's not going that's not going to be probably the best sermon for most churches but how many knows this ain't most churches amen amen so we all struggle we all are challenged we all are challenged let me tell you what let me tell you what makes us what, what drops us into the, 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 the category of hypocrite the fastest? When you go around acting like ain't nothing wrong with you. When you go around acting like you ain't got no struggle. That's what makes you a hypocrite. And I, probably everybody walks into church all over the world are hypocrites. Why? Because we present the Facebook phenomenon that everything's great. Got the bows. Everything's lovely. I've got my three-piece suit. Whatever. Ooh, that didn't even feel right. But anyway. <laughs> but it's true. That's the quickest way to drop yourself into the hypocrite uh, category. It's to act, walk around acting like everything is great. My family's lovely. My wife thinks I'm the greatest. She waved. Yes, she does. I think she's the greatest. I love her before coffee or after. It doesn't matter to me. Prefer after. <laughs> but we all struggle. We all struggle. I, I, I read a quote this week that said, strength is the product of struggle. Now, when I w went to the gym to start working out a long time ago, I ain't got real far, but I picked up lightweight. Like, I was embarrassed to pick up the lightweight because these other dudes, I mean, you know, looking at me like, you need a spot and all, dude. I'm good. It's like five pounds. <laughs> but it was a struggle, not the five pounds, but it was a struggle. It was a struggle. 
But before too long, I built strength because I overcame the struggle and I was able to move into something else. Maybe you need to just be okay with the struggle. Don't give up and walk away and be offended, but stand where you are in your home, in your family, with your kids. Start getting consistent. If you're not, get consistent. And then start working on the struggle. And before too long, you're going to keep moving. Don't ever look for a place where there is no struggle. Be thankful and grateful for the struggle. You need to write that down and put that on a big piece of paper. Put it right there next to the odometer on your car. I need to be encouraged and, and happy when I struggle. And about that time, you're going to hear flat tire. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Praise God, I got a flat tire. Pastor B said, I'm supposed to rejoice. <laughs> Listen, just, just because struggling, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you're failing. Did you hear that? Just because you're going through a struggle doesn't mean that you're failing. Now, I know I'm on both sides of the tennis court tonight. I'm talking about struggles, but I'm also talking about sin struggles, okay? I know y'all thought I stepped away from that because you got real nervous. But in order for us to understand truly what God's heart is for us and what he, how he loves us, just like the video we watched, he's always waiting for you to come back. He's a good, good father. So be thankful. Be thankful for the struggle. Without it, without the struggle, we, we, have never, we would have never stumbled into our strength. Without going through it, you would have never found your strength. You would still remain weak. When there's no struggle, there's no strength. <laughs> Somebody tweet that for me because I'll forget it. But it's, it's so simple, but it's so true. If there's no struggle, there's no strength, and then you're weak. So when the enemy comes at you in the middle of a struggle and says you're weak, no, 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 devil, I'm not weak. I'm getting, get, say getting, G-E-T-I-N-T-T-I-N-G. I don't even know how to spell tonight. Getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. So you may see me on a bad day, and I'm going to say, yeah, I'm feeling a little jacked up right now, but I'm getting stronger. I'm getting stronger. Somebody say the struggle. Is real. Is real. So be thankful in the tough times. Why? Because it's producing something in you. It's producing something in you. Somebody say, yeah, but what about this sin thing? I told you I was coming back around. So what about this sin struggle? Listen, this is what I got to say about the sin struggle. Be intentional not to sin. I love that word. I, I use that word a lot. If you're around me for any length of time, you, you'll be like, yep, that's his, that's his word. Intentional. Be intentional not to sin. Because I hear people all the time say, well, I, I never intended to sin. No, but you didn't intend not to. See, you always got to have a, what I always call the, the what-if game. If, if so-and-so walks in the room, I'm, I'm walking out. Because I know my weakness. The enemy knows my weakness, so I know my weakness. Well, sister so-and-so coming into church, and, and we just don't agree. Well... You need to go to a closet and pray and stop trying to tell everybody else your gossip and, and, and get up in the cafe and try to share your business, trying to tell your side of the story with everybody else. <laughs> Dad, after his daddy hears this one, he'll be like, um, Wednesday nights, you know, maybe <laughs> isn't your thing. I'm just playing. 
have a, have, have, have a made-up mind. I, 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 we, we had that series not too long ago. If you have not been here, didn't get to hear it, I encourage you to go back to podcasts and listen to it. The importance of having a made-up mind. The power of a made-up mind. Always have a way out. I'm talking about that common, <laughs> that's funny, sin. Always have a way out. Because the enemy is intentional about how he's trying to set you up. You've got to have a way out. Everybody say way out. And, and then know what it is. Work it out in your mind. Somebody, I, got, I, I got the way out. But are you prepared to execute? Prepared to execute. Okay, so you make a mistake. Get back up. Shout that out. Get back up. Uh, Get back up. Repent. See, I used to think when I was growing up that every time I had a little slip up that I had to go and repent and plead the blood because I thought I was going to go to hell. It don't work that way. Because I had... See, if you're not struggling, then it's not an issue for you. If you're struggling, that means there's a pull. And I guarantee you there's a pull going that way. There's a pull from the enemy. He's pulling. If there's a struggle, there's a pull. But if we give in, there's no struggle. If we just dive on in. Now, now then, you might, need to, you might need to check your relationship upstairs. But I used to think, man, I, I, I got I to gotta repent because I, I, I don't want to go to hell. Now, repent just means I'm changing my mind. And I'm being intentional that that, my friend, won't happen again. Oh, oh, the, oh, the struggle is real. And the enemy knows exactly how to make her come by with that skirt so high. I know that was funny, but I'm serious. The enemy knows how to get her to come by and grab B's attention. Somebody said, Amy's sitting in the back. Do you know that? Absolutely, I know that. She knows my weakness. But now I have a set of rules and guidelines that protect me from stupid stuff. And I'm talking about stupid stuff that B has done in the past. Y'all looking so holy and righteous, but I know, I know good and well I'm not the only one in the room. Maybe that's not your thing. Maybe it's something else. But you got a weak spot, and he knows what it is. But you need to be intentional about how you're not going to get tripped up. I mean, this is, and I'm done. But this is why I wanted to, we're talking about, the, I said he was conflicted. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, in chapter 7 Excuse me, chapter 6, he's talking about, I've died to sin. Then in chapter 7, he's talking about, I've got issues with sin. Now, it's always been weird to me because if you went chapter 6, I've died to sin. It's not an issue. And then jumped over, skipped 7, went to 8 where he talks about, I'm more than a conqueror. And the Holy Spirit intercedes for me. It looks like a perfect church package. But somewhere, and I love this about Paul, that he didn't just skip over humanity. There's something about 7 where he's saying... I know I'm dead to sin, but I'm having an issue right here with sin. Somebody say the struggle is real. So, 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 so we're going we're gonna to look at this next week. And we're going to break it down. Because we're not under the law. And, and, I, and I've, I've heard a lot of pastors who say, we're not under the law, we're under grace. But everything that they're declaring is telling me. And everything that they're showing me is showing me and telling me that it's a law thing. But you're not under the law. And we're going to prove that to you next week. I'm going to show you how that works. So I can, I'm not trying to take the struggle away, but I want to help alleviate some of the stress. So if you've got family members, say, bring them next week. I'm not trying to make it 
cheesecake and pie and take the struggle. Mm-mm, struggle's there because I got it. If, if y'all find a way to get rid of it, let me know. I know the only way to get rid of it is to go straight up to heaven. That's how I'm going to get rid of my struggle. And I'm pretty sure that I got a lot more time and stuff to do. We'll talk about that next week too. Everybody's standing all over this room. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.